Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Happy holidays, everyone. We have a very special uh, holiday slash Christmas edition of the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I have an extraordinarily amazing guest lined up for you today. In (laughs) fact, this guest, outside of my wife, Sarah, who you recall from the real tearjerker episode, uh, this is the person closest to me that I've talked to so far. I am honored to have 13-year-old Elsie Maxwell joining us today on the Man Up to Cancer podcast. Elsie, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks. The real reason he scheduled me is because he couldn't find anybody else and I was right here in the house. I That is patently false. We have been trying to book you. No, it is. We've been trying to book you on the podcast for months and we said we were going to do a Christmas edition. Mm -hmm. So I could have any guest I want. I got guests. I got so many guests. So many. (laughs) But I've always wanted to have you on, and most importantly, you've wanted to be on. So, Elsie, tell people who you are. I'm Elsie Maxwell. I'm an eighth grader and go to Cape Elizabeth, and Trevor Maxwell's my dad, and he knows a lot of you. Wait a minute. I'm I'm your dad? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my gosh. This is a shocker. Bi- I, I'm so happy. Um, Elsie is one of Sarah and I's our two children. We have a 15-year-old, Sage Maxwell, who is politely declining to take part in the Man Up to Cancer (laughs) podcast. She had her opportunity. She politely declined. So anyone that knows our family knows that Sage is more reserved and and quiet one. And everyone knows that Elsie pretty much since day one has been... What's the word to describe me? Very vocal. Very vocal. Yeah. Yeah. Enthusiastic about life. That's just, that's pretty much me. Wow. Elsie is my, okay, let me start out by just saying this. My grandfather on my mom's side, grandfather, Merville Searles, he was the proudest family member of all time. Like when I pitched in sixth grade, he would tell people that I threw the ball like 120 miles an hour. And that I was like <laughs> drafted by the Red Sox and everything else. And that my brother was like running the whole technology department for the whole school system. Right. So I learned from him how to like really be proud of my people. And I don't go that over the top, but I will say I am unbelievably proud of Elsie and Sage. I have Elsie here today, so I'll just brag on her. She is so talented in so many ways. She is smart. She is funny. She is very athletic. She's a great softball player and other sports. And, And most of all, the thing that I'm proudest most of all of you is that you're very kind. Thanks, and, Dad. And so so kind to others. So I pulled a rest in peace, Grampy Merville. I pulled a Merville today, and I'm bragging on my kid who's right here. I definitely do not throw 120 miles an hour. <laughs> just just going to put that out there. You don't, but you – well, you're not a pitcher, first of all. But secondly, last night at practice, you did something that I never did. Tell our listeners what you did last night at practice. Well, I was hitting 
And I was just doing like regular front toss in the cages because I play softball and that's one of my favorite things to do. And I I had been using this bat for a year, year and a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it I was hitting and it like two swings. And I was like, something's wrong with this. This does not feel normal. And the whole head of the bat, like half the barrel, just came flying off of the, like my bat broke in half, literally. You sh- practice. Your bat smacked, you hulked out, hit the ball, <laughs> and the bat smashed, like smashed in half. That's what happened. It was jarring. I was like, <laughs> I was like, imagine if it stabbed my coach. Just it, right in like the Well, face. it didn't stab anybody, which it makes it so that we can just celebrate it and say that was like such a beast mode moment. So I got my Christmas present early. You got your new bat, which was <laughs> so the new bat was waiting in our in our closet. That was going to be her big <laughs> Christmas present, but she needed it right away, so we replaced it immediately. But yeah, so funny proud softball dad moment last night. I want to talk about well, so we're on the Man Up to Cancer podcast. The reason we're here is that we are getting guys to reach out, not isolate, and connect with one another while they're going through cancer. So I know mm-hmm. that a lot of you are are in that world, and today Elsie's going to talk at length about what it has been like to be uh, the child of a dad who has been going through cancer for about three years. And, uplifting and topic. It is uplifting in some ways. It's a very uplifting, right? True. And true, in some true, true. and in some ways difficult. Yeah. And so Man Up to Cancer is also about keeping it totally real, right? Like we. So we're going to talk about the good, bad, ugly of family life while we're going through this illness. But I do have to say one thing right at the get-go is that Man Up to Cancer is directly tied to a day in our life in which Elsie changed everything pretty much. So those oh, of you right, who, right, right. those of you who have listened to the show know that I struggled mightily with anxiety, depression, went through quite a period of being really down and out and with chemo and going through surgeries. And for a long time, our household was pretty Describe it, Elsie. What was our household like in that period that I guess I'll call the great sadness? Oh, jeez. The great depression of 19... Whatever <laughs> of, that um, was. What of was 2018. That? So, well, our household was drab. <laughs> we... Dad was missing tons of stuff. He could not get out of bed. And he was just like... And mom was really upset all the time. You could constantly hear them crying. But we, me and Sage, were pretty little at this point. So they would just, like, go in their room and cry. (sighs) So when we were kind of going through our darkest time with my cancer and and our household was very sad, Elsie kind of lost her mind one day and was just like, guys, like, we can't live like this anymore. Like, this is not going to work. Like, if you... Do you remember what you said? Well, I was in my room and I was crying. And mom came in. She was like, are you okay? And I was like, this is like, everybody's so sad. Like, we're not living our lives. Yeah, it's hard to, right? It's hard to think back on that. That was a really hard time that we were all going through together, right? And and so Elsie said, you know, we need to change. Like we need to change things so that things aren't so sad around here and things didn't change overnight because that's not how life works. But 
it was right around that day. And also when Sarah had her talk with me about needing me to get, get, you know, help myself and pull myself out of that pit that I had fallen into, that that's when, that's when things really changed around. And I mentioned that connected to man up to cancer, because as I started to recover and as I accepted help and realized that I needed help physically, mentally, everything, and things started to turn around is when I said to myself, I really want to do something to help other men who are in that same place that I was at in that place where things are broken and sad and you don't think that you can ever recover from them because what happened. So Elsie, what happened after that period when we decided we needed to make some changes? Well, I remember the day after I drew this drawing that dad has hanging up in his office right behind him. And it was us going up in like a hot air balloon. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole family, dad got himself out of bed sometimes. And he came came to things and they were kind of just more honest with us. And they let us see their emotions sometimes. And that really helped the whole family, you know, being really open with each other and saying that this was really hard, but we'll kind of get through it together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it was hard for us to figure out how much to show you, like how much to share with you, how much to show you of our emotions, like, because you were only 10 years old when I, so I got diagnosed with cancer in March of 2018 and you were in fifth grade. You were 10 years old. Yeah. The day you guys told me we were going over to Caden's house, our cousin's house, and we were going to see kittens. And I got home and I knew you guys were going to see dad's labs one day. This is something I actually remember so clearly. And I was like, do you need to talk to us? And mom's like, no, no, go see the kittens. And I went to go hold kittens. I was like, oh, something's wrong. So I was like, let me just enjoy the kittens for this one moment. I think you were in fourth grade. I might have been in yeah, fourth because grade. You're, yeah, I think you were in yeah, fourth grade. I might have been. I mean, that's pretty young to yeah. be trying to understand what it means. Like, you know, I'm in sh- I was in shock at that time. I didn't really know what it meant for what I needed to do. And we're trying to share with you guys. So to be a 10-year-old and to have this news come in, I mean, it's not like you had known. We hadn't been really close with anyone that had cancer you hear about it growing up and you hear about cancer as a thing, but you didn't really know too much about it at all at that time. It was kind of crazy because I was like, you know, you see those ads on TV that are for like donate for the National Cancer Mm -hmm. Association. Mm -hmm. You're like, and I knew what it was and I knew that it was sad, but we never had anybody really close to us go through it. So when I heard that, I was kind of just like, I kind of know what it is, but I don't really know what this means. You know, and I was kind of just in shock. And I think after, so after that, like first six months of craziness or so, as things kind of turned around better for like my mental health, we were able to kind of talk more about the biology of cancer and and, and what's yeah. happening inside my body and like what, what's going on, right? I found that really cool. And I was look at his pump and drain and I thought that was awesome, My older sister turned white when we first <laughs> looked at him in the hospital bed. True. <laughs> she, We went into the room and she got really green and we had to take her out and give her apple juice because she was so scared. But 
yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You know what? I was like, I give credit to cancer. It's really smart. <laughs> it's evil, but it's oh, smart. Oh, man, exactly. And you drew a picture of, so when I started immunotherapy, you and we talked about what that means and the drugs that I'm on and, and what they do inside my body, you actually drew a, a picture representing <laughs> a, an immunotherapy drug going after a cancer you know, sell. I, I can't, did. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Dad loved that picture more than anything. Yeah, I still have it around here somewhere in my office. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the stacks of paper. If you guys think Dad's really organized when he's going through the magic cancer things, he's not. Wow. He's really not. Throwing me right under the bus, Elsie. Come on now. So anything else from that early period that you wanted to discuss and talk about to the people listening here? Well, the early period, I remember... That I was kind of just really like trying to, because I'm the kind of person that I don't like to ask for help. I'm really similar to my mom in that way. I don't like to let people see that I'm upset in any way, shape, or form. And I remember just being, trying to hide being sad from everybody, you know? (sighs) Yeah. That's really hard. And were there some people that you, I mean, I think that changed around us. I definitely see you being more okay with that lately um, as you've gotten gotten older. (laughs) As we talked about cancers, what, what's the swear word we're allowed to say around our house? Well, we can pretty much say them all now, but when you were 10, (laughs) what did you say? True. Well, first, actually, the OG swear word, Dad would say it's sucky because that was the first swear word that dad said was loud but no it's shitty <laughs> right cancer cancer is shitty right True. You, you know there's no getting around it right so these feelings of sadness and fear and you know when you're a kid like you know having a dad who has a, a life-threatening illness is and, and that's really hard and when you look around and i'm i was only 41 when i was diagnosed so you don't have a lot of people in our community, in your school, there are a couple, there's a couple here and there, but there's not many kids your age who have a parent going through, you know, stage four cancer. So that must have been also adding on to the difficulty. Well, yeah, I remember one day at school, really specifically, I was with one of my best friends and we were like in the cafeteria and we're having this really kind of petty fight in our friend group like teenage girls always have, because it's just what you do. And I remember a dad had just had a really bad scan a couple of nights before. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, what are we even fighting about? There are so many bigger, worse things that are happening that like, what's even the point anymore to fight about Mm. these small things? And that used to be so frustrating for me that people in my school would get upset about these tiny things when they're really huge problems in the world. And that kind of cancer changed my perspective in a good way about appreciating the really small things, you know? Well, you know, to hear you say that is amazing. And and true, I see that in you. As a dad, it's frustrating to me because I just wish that you, (laughs) I kind of wish that you could have waited till later in life to get that (laughs) like priorities set. Like I would love it if you I would love it if you would just have those normal, you know, 12 and 13 year old petty things be the biggest things in the world. But I know that that's not, 
that's just not our lives. So I know that you have that perspective, which is amazing. Yeah, it's I. That's a good thing that came out of cancer. That's what, one of the things yeah. I wrote down in my notes is that, like, you get a whole new perspective, and you don't take a day for granted, and you think this is a good day that we just watched a movie, and it was a really, <laughs> it was a good day when we didn't have a bad scan and nobody was crying, and there was a win. <laughs> right, and and things in general, like our lives now, three years into this. We have those bad days where we'll get scary. We <laughs> we'll get news that's not that we don't want, or we'll have our cancer, you know, powwows where we things are hard. But for the most part, our daily yeah. lives are a lot different than they were during that early time. We're as close as we've ever been as a family, and we are all doing really good and happy and we're just supporting each other. And mom and dad are honest and I've gotten older. And we're doing good, you know? It's just that I cry because we're talking about cancer and I cry whenever we do that. You know what? And this is a, the Man Up to Cancer podcast is a all emotion zone. Like we talked about before we came on here, like this is emotional stuff. And I can't even imagine, like, it's so emotional for me as as an adult, as the person, you know, the, the person with the cancer. But the, the hardest thing for me is you guys, like, I just... You don't want to deliver the bad news. And- well, I just want to take it away. I want yeah. to take it away from you. Like I, I don't want you to have to go have this burden on you as young, you know, as young girls, like this is the, it's the hardest thing you could ever imagine as a parent as well. I mean, besides your own kid being sick, like, so there's definitely that gratitude that I have that you and Sage are healthy and happy. Like, Absolutely. But I just, I do struggle with the fact that I, that I got cancer and that I'm, that we're facing this and that, that, and all, and the tough things that that brings. Yeah. Um, but again, you have an amazing capacity. Sage has an amazing capacity to, to share all those emotions, to feel all those things, but also to see the, the good and to see the silver linings. Because like we were talking about in the car today, there have been, there have been plenty of silver linings. You mentioned Definitely. you mentioned one a couple minutes ago by saying that our family has really yes we we go through the sadness and the hardship pieces of it, but for the most part, our daily living is very close and very happy. Yes, I would say that. Yeah. yeah. So, are there any other? Oh, let me just reference my notes. Oh, okay. She's got some notes on what she wanted to talk about. Yeah. Today, so she's going to take a now look. now that I've gotten myself composed. Okay. Well, my, well, my biggest advice for parents that may be listening. So Elsie's going to share some advice up. for, yeah, for, so for parents who are out there and we, I know we have a lot of folks who listen to the podcast who have kids at home. So she'd love to talk to you guys about, uh, because she doesn't think too many kids listen to this, but I'm going to, I'm actually going to start. She's going to give some advice for parents, but I am going to ask her to give some advice for kids too. I will. Okay. Parents, you know, it's hard to see your kids struggle and be sad. That's obvious. But I think one thing that is really helpful is if you notice that they're not their usual selves, kind of bring up the conversation and like, hey, how are you feeling about this cancer stuff? Because 
it's hard to be a kid and at like three in the afternoon be like, hey, can we talk about cancer? Because I'm feeling sad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Those opportunities to to bring that up proactively. And one thing we talked about too was resources, right? And people to talk to. So Elsie knows that she always has us to talk to, but if she needs someone outside of the family, she has some friends and then parents of friends that she can speak with. And we also have a local center where she hasn't done counseling there yet around our cancer and what we're going through. And we haven't done family counseling yet, but we, we know that that resource is available. And, and Elsie, you know that that resource is available to you if you ever need yeah. to talk to a counselor. And he always tells us that. And I think offering support, but not pushing it on them. Cause mm-hmm. that's not, that may not be what they need because another way of like my therapy is that I just go in my room and I'd play some music and I draw and you know, you kind of forget about the whole cancer thing for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was the best thing. <laughs> yeah. And that gets right into the advice for the other kids is that Elsie's, she has passions that take her away from any of the hardships she might be feeling. She is passionate about art. Well, softball, of course, she gets to go smash a, smash <laughs> yeah, a ball like three times a get week. Get out some aggression. I um, definitely recommend that. <laughs> so having a sport or something physical where you get out aggression, that's huge. I think that's definitely been huge for you, right? Yeah, because it's just, you get so angry. It's not fair. <laughs> like, why did it have to be my dad? That's right. what you think. And just to go and be with your friends and let out aggression and just be a normal kid feels like it's one of the best things. Yeah. yeah I think I know it's hard to talk about, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's take a little break. What? Yeah, let's take, let's just take a little break and you can have a drink and then we'll come back and add some more before we finish up. Okay. Okay. Right. How long have we been recording? Oh, about 25 minutes. What? Yeah. I had all these points. I know. So that's what we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, um, take a break, have a drink. You can splash some water and then you'll come back and we'll talk about that stuff. Yeah, I was so ready to be so prepared. (laughs) All right. We're taking a little break. All right. So I'm recording again. Um, you know, sometimes things get emotional in podcasts and you just have to take a break. Um, you know, I think Elsie, and Sarah chimed in from downstairs. <laughs> She's we, crying too. <laughs> yeah, we we all think that Elsie's super brave to be even talking about this, but I because we're an emotional family. We are, and <laughs> and, and it's going to help a lot of people. Um, so I want Elsie has a couple more really really good um, points for parents out there about talking to your kids, and I want her to share those with you. These are great pieces of advice. <laughs> Wow, I feel like you just teed that up and like, I'm about to say something groundbreaking. <laughs> it's just like really amazing. Okay. Well, two more pieces of advice for parents. I'm going to start with the first one because I think it's really important. And it's um, don't expect immediate conversation or questions after you give a piece of really hard news because uh, the first couple of ad scans and even up to this a couple months ago, Dad gives us hard news and I cry and because I can't control myself. My sister just stare, stares in a blank space because she is the she can be composed. I cannot. But uh, he always asks if we have questions and I'm like, no, I just want to watch the show that I was just watching. <laughs> and I just want to just be normal. 
yeah, just like left alone because you yeah. need a couple days. Even me, I take a week sometimes to, or some kids may take hours. I don't know to process the news because it's really awful and hard. And so that's a really great bad. point because <laughs> that is a great point because adults and kids process information and emotions differently. And like I've processed it in my way, and then I want to like be like you know, have you processed this yet? Like, what do you want to do? What are your thoughts? And <laughs> yeah, sometimes and, you don't have any. Yeah. And so Elsie's saying that it takes a while to sink in and and then maybe we'll revisit things later. Because I like to ask questions that are scientific and I find it interesting. But when I first get bad news, I just want to cry it out <laughs> and be left alone. Awesome. So what's that next one? Well, so I kind of touched on this earlier, but mom and dad, the first couple the first year where they wanted to hide what they were feeling. And I think that made me feel like I couldn't be feeling those things Mm. because they were trying to hide it. And they, and I was like, so that's something that's bad. So don't feel the need to be fake with them or be like, I'm so happy today. Like I'm feeling great because like it's hard because kids know anyways kids know anyways we hear you crying in the bedroom we hear you like just we hear you like not talking at the dinner table (laughs) so don't feel the need to be fake because that just makes the whole house or family it feels like people are hiding something and we're not being honest and it's just so much easier to go through it together and be open with each other. And that's made the two years like until now, just so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the kids specifically, we talked about this a little bit with the activities, your passions. Are there other things when you think about if there's any kids out there listening to this, what do you want to say to them? Well, Um, I know it sucks (laughs) and it's scary and finding something to make you happy is so important. And we already touched on this, but I'm going to say it again, because if you are just sitting in your room and you're making yourself feel sad, then it's not, it's not going to be any better. And I know that you have those days after heart scans or just a day that you're feeling sad and you need to just be alone and be sad, but you got to pull yourself out of that and, or just like putting on a pair of leggings and putting your hair up and getting out of sweatpants or showering or going to, I don't know, read a book or do an assignment for school. <laughs> it sounds like little things, but it really, really helps. You know, it helps me. <laughs> you know what it sounds like? It sounds like KFG. <laughs> well, I wasn't exactly thinking that when I was 10, but I guess that was a form of KFG. Right? Yes. Like little things just keep moving. And it, like you said, going. Yeah. don't don't make it some monumental thing that it have you have to do some like huge thing. Yeah. E- even the smallest steps, right? Small things. It just can make you feel so much better. And like if you have a sibling... I have a sibling and I remember we had one night where we had just a really good talk and we were like, it's scary, but we're going to get through it. And that made me feel so much better. Mm. So if even if you don't have a sibling, if you were a really close friend and you just want to 
be like, this is really sucks for me and you want to complain <laughs> somebody and you just want to be like, this is awful. I hate this. Then you got to find somebody who listens because that also feels really great. Just be like, this is so unfair. Why is this happening? I just, this is so annoying. And just like get it off your chest because I was just thinking that constantly the first year is oh, this is like, why does this need to be happening to us? Mm -hmm. We're such a happy family and we haven't had really many problems ever. <laughs> we were just like, we were just happy and kind of, I just can't imagine life before cancer. <laughs> like, you know, we're, it was really been really hard, but we're such a closer family because of it. The personal growth to see you become, I mean, this resilience and this wisdom in you, I hope you're proud of yourself. So proud. <laughs> Seriously. I know. Think about the strength that you've had to muster going through this over the three years, being between 10 and now 13 years old. Yeah. I it's mean, it's a lot. Like middle school and high school <laughs> is already really hard and you're doing a lot of things. You're doing sports. You're trying to balance friends and schoolwork and being a good daughter or sibling or granddaughter. And it's it's something that kind of shakes your world. And it's it's really hard, but just working through it and... Finding somebody you can talk to, finding a, an activity, something small, and being open as a family, and kind of just being accepting to the fact because I was the first year I was so resentful. I was mm. so like this. This is like why does this happen to us? Mm -hmm. and, I could not see any good things that come out of cancer. I was like, this this just, just has got to end. And little did I know, it would keep on going. <laughs> right, right. And that's the reality for a lot of the families and people who are listening right now is that it doesn't just come and go. For some people, it does. Like, that's great. But for a lot that's of people, it, yeah. it, it, and we're happy for those people. But for others, it becomes a years-long chronic type of situation where it's always there and it's always something that you are fighting and then adapting to. And so it's something that we wish that we weren't dealing with anymore, yeah. but, but, but that's our reality, right? Yeah. Before cancer, I was like that family, I don't even know that family, that family. I don't even like, well, I can't imagine not going through it together. And I mean, I can't imagine going through it alone. <laughs> and it's just it's just crazy <laughs> i hope that you one thing that i hope for both you and sage is that you realize that getting through this and what it takes to get through this is preparing you to do whatever like there is going to be no problem that's going to come up in your life that you're going to say geez that's too much for me yeah i mean i look back at my former self and i think that girl is no <laughs> she hadn't gone through anything hard she was just like, I, it's just, you look back at your old self and you get so much stronger and you get, learn how to deal with problems and you learn how to communicate how you're feeling. And 
<laughs> I wish there was another way that yeah. it could be taught. Well, <laughs> maybe right. we could have gone skydiving as a I know. It, so, what? right, exactly. So, my response as a parent is like anything else, usually in my world, which is a total duality. Half of me is crushed that you have to grow up this fast in this way and have these life lessons by going through something that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me to accept. And then the other half is like just beaming with pride at the fact that you are taking this and turning it into something that is not easy at all ever, but is ultimately going to be a positive in your life. Like just Mm -hmm. to hear you talk about it and to see you take it on with your spirit is just makes me so proud. Oh, well, another thing I want to touch on is you know, you grow up really fast in a kind of a way, but, you know, also hang out with your friends and oh, yes. be involved with drama at school because you don't need to be in cancer maturity mode all the time. Oh, amen. And and I tell you and your sister that all the time is that when you guys ask, like, what would make me happy? And I say, what's the big thing that I always tell you guys? The number one most important thing is that you have fun. <laughs> yeah. And just have fun because cancer does not need to be your life. No. Cancer does not need to affect the activities that make you happy. And it just keep but, living your life. Yeah. Because it, well, and if that, you look back and at in a couple of years ago, you look back and you think, wow, I, I look back at that first year and I think, I just wasted that time thinking about cancer. And I want to reinforce that again. Like the best thing and the thing that would make me happiest is when you and Sage just do your normal <laughs> life activities and just enjoy the hell out of them. Like when <laughs> yeah. I see you enjoying your sports and your and your academics and and Sage with her same thing, like it like nothing makes me happier than when you just go about your normal lives and yes, cancer is a part of your lives. In yeah. fact, I mean, it's a big part, let's be honest, because it's a big part of my day today. Yeah. So, but it's a piece. It's a piece. It's a piece. And it's not, and it's the, not whole. the whole thing. It's not the whole. That's probably the most important thing to remember is it's not your whole life. It's not always going to be your life and you're going to make it through and you're going to look, you want to look back at those years. You want to acknowledge cancer and you mm-hmm. want to think hey i got through that but you want to think of i don't know basketball games or going to the bowling alley with your friends and that's the most important part you want to look back at you don't look, want to look back at you being sad right and i think one of the hard pieces is that sometimes you and sage both just want to be around me a lot because you know you value your time with me and we don't know what the future is going to bring yeah. And so I, I hear, you know, I see that a lot. I see you guys wanting to spend more time around the house, but I'm always the one trying to like, and COVID, COVID <laughs> yeah. has make, made this a lot harder, obviously, but True. in general, I want you to be doing normal stuff, balance the family time with the other, the activity time and the time with your friends. And I know that, yeah, things have just not been normal. So that's been really, really hard, but I mean, again, I guess another silver lining and one that I'll accept is that we've had so much family time that's been pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, probably cancer is the only reason we were able to survive quarantine because we're so close because cancer that 
We're like already I, fused together. We I, don't need to bond any further. I never <laughs> even thought of that. That's absolutely a really good point. I do want to spin it forward a little bit on the man up to cancer stuff because my family, you, Sage, Sarah, my friends, my other family members, my online community, all of you were, so, I mean, you guys were the closest, obviously, of getting me healthy again, still fighting my cancer, still not cancer free, but mentally you guys were the biggest thing in turning that around. And mm-hmm. so that's where man up to cancer came from. And I want you to talk a little bit about what it's been like watching me, especially over the past <laughs> year, kind of just take this concept and run with it. And then your role in helping me out and encouraging me. Well, first I can tell a fun story from today because it's, because it's funny. Well, me and dad were packaging the orders from the Man of Cancer store today because we do not have a packaging company. It's just dad and me. Well, I got to interrupt. We do have a packaging company that does yeah, 90% of it. So we we were doing oh. the supplemental, but we have a supplemental order that we need to fulfill. So we had about what, like 15 or 16 oh, packages. Oh, that, wor- that wasn't your whole order? Oh, no. There was a bunch more that the guys at Brio do. Anyways, long okay. story short. So, so we had about how many packages that we needed to package up? I don't know, like 16, yeah. 15. Yeah. So we're packaging them up and dad realizes that he had put a label on a big bag that was supposed to be the label on a small bag because it Oops. just had like a hat in it or something. Fail. And I was like, it's it's okay. It's okay. We're good. And dad Frankenstein, <laughs> he cut the package label out of the package bag and he was like, you put this on a small bag. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Like, I see you, we see each other. So, uh, I am listening to a podcast, by the way, because I was (laughs) kind of just mindlessly doing my thing, and I'd put labels on big bags before this one. So, I re-put the label that we had just cut out of the big bag onto another big bag, (laughs) and we had to throw that one away. And I was like, Dad, do these cost money? They cost money. <laughs> and I wasted what I wasted one. And now it's in the garbage. And we we finally got it onto the small bag, but it took me a while to get over that. I was pretty traumatized. I was very upset. Elsie, like I said today, when you bake cakes, you're gonna break some yeah, eggs. Yeah, that's like his favorite saying. I'm not looking for employees who are perfect. I'm looking for little 13 year old employees who are really awesome and sometimes make a mistake because that's being human. <sighs> Most people look for employees that are perfect. No, it doesn't yep, happen. Yeah, no, no, well, yeah, not, it does. Ask, yeah, not it does. A, not at man up to cancer. So uh, I actually ruined a bag as well. Um, so <sighs> we had a good afternoon doing man up to cancer stuff. We did. We did. So yeah. What so, was your so, question before I, before, <laughs> before I just grabbed the wheel? So what has it been like to see that I've taken on this mission? And oh, right. And what do you think about it? Just the whole th- man up to cancer stuff in general. Well, I I can't be more proud of you. Oh. I think it's amazing, and I think that it's necessary. And I think this podcast is really cool. I don't personally listen to the episodes because I would cry every every week, which we don't need in our lives. But I just think that it's amazing because he's taken something so negative and turned it into something amazing. And now I've gotten you crying again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I've done it again. Um, That's really sweet, kiddo. My gosh. Like... She's, if we had a video of this, she's throwing up her hands because she's like, she's she's so emotional about this stuff. 
Um, I can't control it. No, no, you can't. It's all good, kid. It's I'm all good. Supposed to get the, well, right? Um, but think about so. Yeah, think about why you wanted to do the. Because I think some people out there might be like, you know, Trevor. Like, um, this is intense to talk to your child, and she's only thirteen. But you are wise beyond your years, and you're the one who really <laughs> wanted to. You wanted to do the podcast. Why is yeah. it that you wanted to do it? Well. I, well, number one, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. (laughs) They're like my favorite thing ever. I had a bad dream last night and I stayed up for like three hours listening to my favorite one. I wanted to do it because I thought it'd be a different perspective because he's only ever had adults on here and a kid's brain, well, teenager, I'm 13. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And an adult's brain is so different and how we process cancer is so unique and i thought my perspective might be worth something a hundred percent i have absolutely no doubt i my theory with man up to cancer in general is that the messages that we have on each podcast and the messages that we share in the group or out there online reach the people that they're meant to reach whether it's and hopefully it's maybe <laughs> Hopefully it's at least one person for each uh, piece of media, otherwise kind of pointless. <laughs> but I know there's people out there today who have kids um, who are going through this and struggle with that. Like there's no guidebook out there. Um, it's not. There most certainly is not. And it's not easy, right, to to family through this. So having your perspective is going to help them. And also if there are kids who do listen to this, um, it's going to help them too. So I'm really thankful you came on. I hope to have you back. This one was emotional. Like, yeah, this, this you can the, have me back and have it be fun. Right, because th- <laughs> this was the first time that we've sat down like this and really, I mean, we talk about, yes, we, we, ha- we talk about our cancer and we do that, but this was the first time we've done it for a podcast, so I understand why it would be emotional. But people are going to see in the next podcast, most likely, that you are as... I promise I'm not depressing. No, along with being <laughs> sensitive and uh, just sensitive, sensitive and emotional, I get that you from dad. are hilarious and can talk about, <laughs> you can talk about anything. So as you get older and as I get older here. Oh, his birthday was just uh, yesterday. And I know a lot of you know that. And he's now 44. I he's did. Hello, now. 44. I do like even number birthdays. They're very satisfying. True. True, but 45 is going to be so much better. Um, So as we go through this and get older, I want to bring you back as a regular guest on the podcast because your perspective is so amazing. And again, just super proud of you. Thank you for coming on the show. Next time I won't cry, guys. Promise. I want to say happy holidays to... It's okay if you do. (laughs) I want to say happy holidays to everyone. I'm taking... So after this episode airs, we are going to take a couple weeks off. So the Ma'am to Cancer podcast is going to be on a brief hiatus and we're going to come back in January 2021 with fire. So fire. Yeah, I what, have what do you have well, lined up that I have a couple you told me. I have a couple guests that are top secret that I'm not going to let out there, but it is going to be fire. So look out 2021. Um Elsie <laughs> and I are going to do the polar dip, I hope. Just yeah, we like will. just like we did last year and we're going to enter this new year with the same spirit that we entered 2020 because with all the chaos and covid and everything else well the four of us have had a great we've had <laughs> yeah, a really good we 2020. Have. We have. So It's true. Thank you Elsie, I love you. Love you. Okay. Or do we say bye now? Bye now. I'm waving, you just can't see. <laughs> bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. 
If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open.